Hey everybody, welcome to Artist Soapbox. Artist Soapbox is a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am your host, Tamara Kassane. Mark Cornell is a playwright, director, and filmmaker. He has had more than 85 of his plays produced in theaters around the world. Most recently, his AACT New Play Fest award-winning play, On Pine Knoll Street, premiered at the Sock in Michigan. He is currently shooting the feature film The Invite, which he wrote and directs. Mark is an ensemble member with Moonlight Stage Company in Raleigh, partner with Paul Newell with Full Nelson Theatre, and co-creator of Marked Men Films with Mark Jansen. He has an MFA in playwriting from UCLA. In this episode, Mark talks about his writing process for stage plays and film scripts, where he finds his inspiration, tips to keep writing, and more. About halfway through the interview, we dig into a topic that I don't think I've covered on the podcast before, and that's the experience of having one's work produced by a theater company. Sometimes the playwright is included in that experience, and sometimes not so much. I found this conversation inspiring, and I hope you do too. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having this conversation today with me. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Mark, you seem to be an incredibly prolific writer. I think I counted something like 60 plus one acts that you have written and about 20 each for full length theater scripts and film scripts. Your output is pretty incredible. And I'm just wondering how you maintain that. What is your practice? You know, other people have said that I, I'm prolific, but I, I really don't, I mean, I can't compare myself to other people, so I don't know what other people are doing, but I don't think of myself as terribly prolific. I try to write every day. I've been writing uh, for about 23 years. So 23 years of working will produce a lot of material. I generally am working on many things at once. So I just, I enjoy, <clears throat> I enjoy writing. Uh, I enjoy doing it and I try to do it every day. If you just keep typing, uh, eventually you'll finish. So that is the reality of it, right? <laughs> just right. keep going. <laughs> keep going. Eventually you'll be done. <laughs> right. Is there a particular time of day that works well for you? Are you flexible or are you structured in your approach? I'm quite flexible. Whenever I get uh, some free time, I tend to, uh, want to write, although I've gotten into making movies. So that has cut into my writing time. But in terms of my my day, I've been a, a stay-at-home dad with for my son since he was born. He goes to school, so I have morning and part of the early afternoon, for the most part, free, although I find ways to fill that up too. But uh, uh, it was harder early on when he was younger and either not in school or if he went to to school for a brief period of time, like preschool, um, I didn't have a lot of time then. He, he didn't really sleep much, and uh, he cried a lot. So we, I didn't have a lot of time early on. But, but as he's gotten older, I've had more time. It used to be I would work late at night, but I'm getting older, and I, I am having trouble staying up. So mm -hmm. my output is not nearly 
what it was. There was kind of a, a sweet spot in there after he was about five or six to about age 10. So there was about five years in there that I had a thing where I would stay up late and work. And uh, I got I got a lot done. But yeah, the movies now are starting to they're starting to, to interfere a little bit uh, in a good way. What are you doing with movies? Is it writing the scripts or are you directing and producing? All of the above. About five or six years ago, I uh, I got into, well, actually, I had, I had done a few other movies before that and written a lot of screenplays, but I was sort of detached from the process. And I decided I wanted to start making making my own films, but I, I didn't have any experience really understanding how the camera works or how, how a movie is put together or framing a shot or any of that stuff, sound, any, anything really. But I got a, uh, I got an iPhone. I started making movies with my iPhone using an app called Filmic Pro, which allows the camera, allows m- me, the user, so much more ability to work the camera as opposed to the camera in the, in the iPhone. Um, this app, allows me to manipulate the the light the sound the, a, a lot of things that go into what makes a movie and i i learned a lot i'm still learning a lot but i've enjoyed the process of making films with my iphone i made a, i started a little partnership with my friend mark jansen called marked marked men films and we made about five or six short films um, they've been in a few festivals. We've been in the Carborough Film Festival a few times, but our our goal was not to get it necessary to get into festivals. It was just to be creative and and see what we could do. So now we're doing a in the middle of a full length movie. So the the feature film came out of last year in February. I went to the Southeastern Theater Conference, where I was given an award called the Getchell Award for a play that I wrote called The Other Half. I went to Knoxville, where the, where the, where the conference was. Uh, but I got sick the morning of the conference, and uh, I got the flu. I had to go to the emergency room. I didn't know what it was. I thought I was, I was blacking out. Oh. I had uh, all kinds of other problems, and I'd never had anything like that before. So the, I'm going to try and not make this a really long story. So anyway, I couldn't go to the convention at all, or the, the, the conference at all, and I didn't even pick up the award. I, I had I stayed in a hotel across the street. I was really, really sick. And my twin brother came, accepted the award on my behalf, which is funny because the play, the other half is about identical twins. I have an identical twin. Mm-hmm. So when I got home, I, I, I just suffered from all these symptoms that lingered and lingered. And so I got this wedding invite in the mail, and I said, I'm just here by myself can't really go anywhere or do much. Uh, I said, I'm just going to make a, a film about me getting a wedding invitation from my ex, which was not what the wedding invitation was. But And so I, I then started making this film about a guy uh, basically having a breakdown over getting a wedding invitation from his ex. And it went from there. And now I've got an hour's worth of material. I think I'm I'm well on my way to finishing it. I didn't write a screenplay beforehand, which I'd never done before. I I just sort of did it as I went along. I said, well, what can happen next? What can happen to this guy? What scene could be here? And um, 
I've really enjoyed the process of working that way. I don't have to answer to anybody. So it's just been me here by myself for the most part. I've expanded it to include other people. But at first, it was just going to be me here alone in my house. That's the full length that I've been working on. It's called The Invite. So I'm curious about, all right, I'm trying to think of the question under the question here. The question under the question is, you have written plays, theater plays, for a very long time. And now you are getting excited about this different way of making work. So there are two questions. One is, what excites you about film? And number two is, do you think that writing for a different medium will feed the other writing that you do as well? Or is it just kind of a, a way to kind of juice your creative spirit? Um, well, I've always liked movies. Um, I actually, in my 20s, I started writing fiction first, wrote a couple of really bad novels. And then um, I was at UCLA as an undergrad and got into writing fiction. Uh, and uh, and from that, started writing screenplays in Los Angeles. So I wrote screenplays actually before I got into theater. Mm. Um, so I've always written screenplays, though not, not many recently. They're, they're completely different things. Uh, I approach them in a completely different way. There's no real carryover. I do notice sometimes I have a tendency, and I'll recognize it, that I'm doing a movie moment in theater, or I'm doing a theater moment in a movie, and I'll kind of catch myself, especially like when I'm doing a, a movie scene, and I'm, it's, it goes on for four pages, and I'm like, well, hold on now, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay, these people are talking way too long, you're not coming in late, you know, one of the things, one of the rules that I've followed learning from UCLA days was, for a movie, was to come in late and leave early, which I don't necessarily do in the theater, but no, they they you know, writing is still writing, and, and I enjoy the process of telling stories and creating characters. Could you talk a little bit more about the different approaches that you take? Because I agree, I think they are two different animals. Movies are so story-driven and have a real structure to them that plays, not that they can't be story-driven or shouldn't be story-driven, because they should, or shouldn't have any kind of structure, because they should. Screenplays. And movies tend to, in my opinion anyway, and I think others would probably agree with me, but it work better, you know, if they're just much more, much more structured, three acts, uh, inciting incident, you know, point of no return, climax, all those kinds of things. Not that a play shouldn't have those kinds of things in them, but, 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 you know, when I'm thinking about writing a play, you know, ways I'm going to tell it, how do I tell it, uh, from whose point of view thematically what what how am i going to approach it the play is it a single set is it in many locations versus a movie generally the idea is um i break it down into acts first and then i break those acts down into to scenes what are the scenes what are we going to see what's going to happen and i wouldn't necessarily I say necessarily but sometimes i do but I wouldn't necessarily do that with a with a play. Although my most recent play, you know, has six scenes, and I broke those scenes down. Okay, what happens in this scene? What happens in that scene? 
but it's still different. It's it's a such a much smaller scale. You know, the theater allows the characters to really talk to each other in ways that you know movies. It's so visually driven. It's hard to have a movie in which people are just endlessly talking to each other. It's just hard. It's not the anchor in quite the same way. I haven't written film scripts, so I can't speak to them, but an observation that I will make based on what you just said and my limited experience is that it's the tightness of the point of view that is one of the main differences because when you are an audience member sitting in the audience and watching a stage play, the playwright does have a point of view, but your own personal point of view is not as tightly controlled as it is when you are watching a movie, which can be like really tightly controlled. And the sort of elapsed time between, you know, one scene or cut angle or something like that of a camera, the, the time feels different as well. And I think those two things combined is what makes them so different from one another. Yeah. Um, there are a number of things that, that make them different, um, but they're still basically, you know, you're, you're you're attempting to tell some semblance of a story, and that the audience is there for a specific amount of time to see it from its beginning to end. But they're just told that you know, movies are visual, plays just not as much. They, they can be visual, of course. You know, we're in the theater and people are there, but uh, it's just a different. It's just different. Can you talk a little bit about generally where you get your ideas or your inspiration? You used an example of the wedding invitation, but are you just opening your mind to what your kind of creative net catches or how does inspiration come to you? I like that net imagery. Well, you know, as a writer, just sometimes just things come to us from our experiences in daily life. Oh, wouldn't that make a great story? Or you hear someone else tell you a story or something that happened to them. I've noticed that sometimes I, thematically, I'm dominated by a lot of the same stuff and that comes out of my own life. And especially lately, I've been telling stories from my, from my own life. I wouldn't say for quite a while I didn't necessarily do that. But lately, I don't know what it is, the desire to, I want to say speak from the heart, but that's a, such a trite thing to say. But I don't know. Um, I maybe because I'm getting older, and there's some things about my life I want to say or express. But 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 lately, <clears throat> a lot of the work has come out of my own my own experience. The other half, the one that I described to you, the play about the twins, that came out of my lifelong experience of being an identical twin. I en I really enjoyed working on that. And some other things recently just come out of my own life. But but for a long time, it was just, you know, stuff that interested me. What I, uh, I would never have to sit down and go, okay, what do I want to write about next? I have boxes of ideas. You know, if I just turn around and look, there's one up there on the top of the bookshelf. There must be 500 ideas in there uh, that I'll never in my in 50 lifetimes get to. Do you write them but on ideas. cards or something? How do you how do you hold, hold uh, you know wherever they, wherever they come to me? So they're on envelopes, paper, cards, uh, napkins, newspaper, menus, wherever the idea came to me. I generally walk around with a pen. So my wife has made fun of me for years because one of the most common things to come out of my mouth is, "Hold on, I've got an idea." <laughs> 
So then I'll go and write write an idea down. And she, you know, she usually follows up when I say, hold on, I've got an idea. She'll go, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> so, well, you can't be expected to hold all of those ideas in your mind. I mean, they forget. A person, you just you can't. Otherwise, I'll burst. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I got to, it's got to come out some kind of way. That's right. You mentioned having several projects going on at one time. How do you choose what to work on? And do you, how challenging is it for you to kind of switch gears between project to project? I guess it depends on the project I'm switching to. Sometimes it can be challenging. Sometimes it can seem fresh again, so I can get excited about it. How do I choose? Well, if I get stuck with something, I put it down and then I think, okay, what else do I have that's going on that I can work on? What else do I need to get done? Sometimes I impose deadlines, so then I'll say, okay, this play's got to be done by, i got to get this done by the summer. Often, organize a reading, which is what I'm doing now on Zoom, before I finish the play, so that I force myself to have the play done. Otherwise, it just kind of lingers, and I, I'm an endless rewriter, and it just goes on and on and on. Switching, so switching gears is not hard. And there always seems to be, you know, I'll add a new idea, to the five I'm already working on and suddenly I have six that I'm working on. So I'm never for lack of things to to work on. What is the Zoom play that you're working on right now that's coming up? It's a play currently called uh, Southern Used. It's set in a used bookstore in in South Carolina. It's about a a young African-American boy who comes into the shop and thinks he's seen God in the shop and how that event changes everyone's lives, whether they believe him or don't believe him. It's a lot about uh, about faith and, and race. So the owners of the shop are white, and the matriarch is uh, a little bit old school, to put it kindly. So it's uh, uh, a clash between uh, races and, and faith and love and family. It's just it's a gigantic play. And I still have scene six to finish before. And we're going to do it next Saturday. (laughs) So I've given all the actors the first five scenes. So my job is to finish scene six before next Saturday. Is it the final scene of the play? It's the 16th play? the final scene of the play, yes. Sorry. There's six scenes in it. So, yeah, it's the final scene of the play. And I've written it about, I don't know, five times. I hate every version I've written. And so I'm feeling the pressure. To finish it and finish it well, because I want the actors to to like it. I want them to like it. I want them to enjoy it. I want it to work. So I I feel that that pressure to finish it. So that will motivate me to go ahead and, and work on it all next week. I am sending you good vibes for the finishing of that because the last scene of a play is just oh, it's so hard for me. That final scene. It's just the one that I find myself rewriting the most. It's like, will this ever be the end? (laughs) Do you feel good when you get to the end? When you type the end or whatever it is you put at the end of a play, lights down, lights out, do you feel good about it? I feel relieved that I got there, but I also feel slightly nauseous because- Nauseous? Yeah, because I'm like, this is not at all- (laughs) what I want it to be. And oh. now I've got to go back and like fix oh, yeah. everything. <laughs> sure. I know I get that completely. Yeah. Then I'll, 
that that dread of like, wow, this is not at all how I envisioned. I mean, isn't part of the process coming to grips with and, and coming to accept that, okay, this isn't what I intended, but it's something else. It is what it is. Yeah. It's sort of, I guess it's like a radical acceptance of what you made. And that is a been a lifelong journey for me. It's like, well, this is what I made. It's not what other people would have made with with their with the same tools, but it's what I made, so we got to come to terms with it. But I also feel like, man, I I can already identify the problems within the script, and so the first draft is pretty easy. It's the drafts that come after, especially the second one that I just have to like bribe myself to kind of do. Interesting. Interesting. I'm the opposite. I find the first draft to be brutal because I hesitate all the time because I feel like something's not right. I'm not, that's not right. That choice isn't right. So I slow way down and I think about it. And when I, by the time I've gotten through the draft, I'm, I'm exhausted. So then I look forward to the rewrites. Like I love the, the rewriting process because then I can shape it in a way that I feel it's more aligned to, to what I intended. Um, I never get there, but I love the, re- and I love the, like the final rewrites when you're just going through and either trying to cut a little bit, trim a little bit, or I just think, I just need to make it a little funnier. Mm. So then I just go through the script and I'll go through it over and over and over. Oh, there's a joke there. I know there's a joke there. And that's the part that I, there's so much less pressure. I just feel it's just less, so at the beginning, I just feel like I can go in f- 500 different ways. Hmm. And uh, and I get, I don't know, I get overwhelmed by the, the, the multitude of choices that can be made. Yeah, but once you've made the choices, then you can just kind of like shine up the choices that you made. Yeah, but don't you, I go through a process of regretting the choices that I've made <laughs> where I say, I, I should have done that. That was not a good idea. No, 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 I can think of something better. No, no, I'll, all right, just move on. No, wait, hold on. You know, so I just go through... I go through that and I get nervous when the, the play starts to take on a life of its own. I put the brakes on as I'm like, whoa, hold on now. Wait a minute. It's getting away from me. I can feel it. When you have this Zoom reading, what information are you hoping to get from that as a playwright? Well, first to hear just hear the words aloud coming out of the mouths of other people other than me sitting alone in my office or den or wherever I'm working. And then um, just to listen to see if I hear what I think I've written. Are the characters coming through? Do I hear my intentions? Is it Does it sound dramatic? And I, of course, have to take into consideration there's been no rehearsal and the actors haven't had any time to work on it and, and all that. And I, I understand that. But I just, you know, you listen for what you, uh, for what you wrote. And is it, is it coming through? And sometimes I can tell. Most times, I should say, most times I can tell. Sometimes I can't if you know if it's I've miscast someone wildly or just the rhythm is off somehow. It gets off, it gets lost a little bit. But uh, but I always find readings uh, helpful in some kind of way. It keeps me connected with actors, and you know, the plays lives and dies with the with the actors, and I I, I like to hear the actors do it as opposed to me just deadly dull and boring makes no sense at home alone right you have been produced around the country and i'm wondering about what that feels like to give over your work to other people to make and i say this because 
I've been locally produced. And when my work goes up, I'm usually pretty heavily involved in rewriting during the process or sometimes directing my own work. Um, So my fingers are in it during that whole production process. But what is it like to know that your work is going up and, you know, all over the place? I mean, it's exciting to have work done elsewhere. You feel validated for the work that you put in. You just had a wide variety of experiences, some really frustrating, some great. It's all about the working relationships. And that's true, honestly, even locally. It just depends on who I'm working with. But around the country, if they don't want you to be a part of it, and I've been told that before, or they're not communicating with you about what's going on, choices that are being made or how it's going and I just check in. I'm one that likes to communicate. I don't I don't like to butt in, but I just like to know how it's going. How's it going? So I'll send out emails, make phone calls, usually emails. But some directors don't don't respond, don't want to respond, don't want to have conversations, are wildly intimidated by the playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, can be wildly intimidated by the playwright in the room. I know that my, I always make this joke that when I come into the process and it's late in the process and everybody's gotten to know each other and they're all real friendly and I show up, you know, right at the end of the rehearsal process or I'm there for opening night or something like that. And I enter the room, there's this sense like everybody's there and they're enjoying each other. And I walk in and everybody just goes dead quiet and just dead quiet. And they'll turn and look at me. Hello, Mark. Uh, you know, and I always just feel like this, a, just a, a total outsider. It's not always that way, but most of the time it is because they've, they've grown close as a family and you're the guy that, that started it all. And you're coming into the room and they all, they often feel like, oh, he's going to come and judge what we've done and he's not going to like what we've done. And, mm. and what is he going to think? What is he going to say? And so they're, they're just, they're so nervous about, you know, what's going on in my mind uh, that I'm somehow, you know, silently judging them. All I really want is, is to be included in the process. We spend so much time alone and then we have to give it over to, to someone else which i'm happy to do but i just i just like to be part of that in any small way part of that process i don't i don't like to be shut out i like to feel part of the you know the family and you know from doing theater how how much a group grows and how close they grow working on a project and uh, mm-hmm. i mean eight times out of ten i feel Left out is makes it sound like I'm pouting, but 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 um, that it's theirs, right? And I, like I'm some sort of gigantic authority figure coming in to, to tell them where they screwed up, and that's not it at all. I just want to be part of the process. My last experience in February with a play uh, called On Pine Knoll Street was a great, great experience. Last summer we. Uh, workshop the play and they just opened their doors to me and this past february yeah they were very nervous with me coming in but they, they the community opened themselves to me the staff did the the director who runs the theater the actors you know they just they opened themselves up to me and welcomed me it was just a great great experience uh, working on a new play with that group i wish 
all writers could go through uh, that, that experience that I had. When you say opened their arms to you, do you mean they used you as a resource or allowed you to do rewrites? Like, what did that look like? All of the above. So they used me as a resource. Um, they allowed me to do rewrites. They weren't afraid to talk to me. I mean, it sounds crazy, but a lot of times they they get a, a, such a the, the actors and the director, some of the designers and others uh, become such a tight knit group that they're afraid to talk to me, like literally afraid to speak to me. And so it can be awkward. It can be really, really awkward when they're talking about the play or making jokes about the play or doing things with the play. And I'm right there and no, and people are afraid to say anything to me. But this group, no, they, they, they wanted to know about the play. They wanted to know about me. They wanted to know my experiences. So the play was based on uh, my experiences. And so uh, they wanted to hear about those experiences. They wanted to talk to me as a, just as a regular person. What's life like in Chapel Hill, North Carolina? What's your family like? Tell me about this play. You know, it was just, it was a different. And they would ask me questions. It was wonderful. It was, it was, it was great. You know, you go to the post show of a party or post show dinner or whatever, you know, they brought me right into the center of the table versus you come in sometimes and, you know, the people just, they, you know, you sit at the end and nobody wants to talk to you. They're afraid to talk to you. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you had that experience. I'm particularly glad you had that experience with on Pine Mill Street, which is a beautiful play. And speaking for myself, I feel like I didn't get a lot of training as an actor or a director about how to work with a playwright because as I was coming through school, we never worked with original pieces. They were all these sort of classic pieces where the playwright would never be in the room. And then when I was an actor and the playwright was there, I like didn't know that I even had permission to talk to them, you know? And so I think there's a little bit of education that we need to do about how to leverage the actual live human who has, who can make this an easier process in a lot of different ways, you know? Right. No, I agree. I agree. There's a certain amount of training involved. If you've spent a lot of time working on classic plays, Shakespeare, you know, having the, the live writer around, Yes, it's intimidating. I'm also, I'm not a small person. So when I come into the room, you know, I I think that I can have a tendency to intimidate people, but I'm really, like, personally not intimidating at all. At least I don't think I am. But sometimes when I see these cast photos and I'm, they take a photo with me and I'm just this giant standing behind them, I think, oh my God, look at that. I'm humongous. It's no wonder when I walk into the room, they think, who's this this gargantuan person walking in? But I don't feel like I'm that big. But I don't know. When I see the photos, I think, holy crap, I'm I'm so huge. I'm towering over her. (laughs) Yeah, actors and and directors do need to be trained. I went to, in graduate school, the actors and the playwrights and the directors all did projects together. So everyone got a chance to, to know what it was like to work with each other. You're right. They, they, we need more, for lack of a better term, training. I'm curious if you have a particular writing exercise or a tip for people who want to sit down and write, but are feeling stuck. Sometimes what I do is, um, 
is to put away the writing and I go to a play, if I'm working on a play, I go to a play that I really love, that I've read a lot. I have a large bookshelf full of plays here. And I'll pick one that I, a play that I love and I'll read it. And I will get super excited about theater, about writing, and that will re-energize me. I have a whole assortment of plays over there I can grab. They're sort of like my reference books. Hmm. You know, how did so-and-so do this? How did so-and-so do that? How do they structure their play? How do they address this topic? What makes this play so funny? So they're my reference books. But especially when I'm stuck, I will grab something that's just that I think is wonderful. And wow, I just get really jazzed about writing and about theater. I sometimes do that if I go to a play I didn't like at all. Mm -hmm. Or I've worked on a play that, of mine that I didn't like at all. And I'll go and pick up a book, uh, a, a play uh, that I love, and it will just kind of re-energize me. So that will be my tip. That's a great tip because I think that I can get, I can get tunnel vision and I just, it's like I'm, I walk into an alley and I can't find my way. It's sort of circling the end of the block. And I think for me, part of that is sometimes I, I think that I am the only source of inspiration for my work. And that's so wrong. I mean, that going to another play, reading a book, having a conversation with another person, and we've talked about this a little bit during this conversation, sort of being a part of a family or a community mm -hmm. where we can catch that inspiration and those ideas from other inputs. It's just, it makes sense to me when I'm doing it. Like, oh, right. Of course, if I just pick my head up out of the sand, there's so many things that can inspire me. But if I'm spending like 24 hours a day staring at my belly button or whatever, of course, I'm going to come to the end of the road and not be able to kind of generate some steam. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. We can get stuck because we spend so much time alone, we can get stuck. Uh, but no, actors, definitely directors. Uh, getting in the rehearsal room when it's going great, that is so inspiring as a writer to see an actor take a role, uh, take a moment, and elevate it, especially when they elevate it. And they do something that I wouldn't have expected, and they do it, and it's great. And I think, oh, my God, that's just phenomenal. I didn't see that at all. Isn't that fantastic? And I'm just so excited and jazzed. And the same thing when I just pick up a play. Lauren Gunderson, I don't know if you know that play. I and You. It's a fairly new play, and I and I, I read it, I don't know, a year ago or six months ago, something like that. And it's just about these two high school kids coming together, and it's got a big twist. And I just thought it was beautiful. And I, the ending was amazing. And I put the book down and I just was so excited for theater. And I was so excited for writing. And I thought, oh my God, I wish I had written that. That is so great. That ending is so great. So I went online, looked at all the reviews and how people responded to the play. Theaters did them and just read everything I could about it because I was so excited about, about this play. And so anyway, that's one way to get out of a rut. It's, and I, and it, it works. It works for me anyway. Wonderful. Best feeling ever. Thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate it very much. 
Thanks so much for listening. For more information, see our website, artistsoapbox.org. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.